sharing. You see that um, in different places on our website. And, um, but this year, our theme, as you saw, and as you see throughout the, uh, the, the screens in the, in the building, is raised with Christ. And I, I, yesterday we had a, a great workers meeting and I, and I challenged and encouraged all of the workers with God's word in this, this text. You can turn your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3 if you haven't. Uh, but one of the things that um, I, I want to start off by saying is this, as I said yesterday morning, this is a, a calibrating uh, set of scriptures. In other words, for us Christians, we, we look at this text and it, it should be something that we evaluate our life based on this. Is, is this my life? Am I doing this? Um, and so uh, we want to both celebrate and live as we're raised with Christ. We've got to make sure every single day we're doing that. I, I want to encourage you as we go through this message this morning uh, to really to press in and to do that, that self-check and evaluation because I, I don't believe if, if, we're, if we're not living like we're going to read this morning in this, this chapter 3 of Colossians, then we can't effectively share with passion how others can be raised with Christ. And so that's a, that's a vital thing. Uh, we've got to make sure that we are living as we are raised with Christ if we have any hopes of sharing with others how they can be raised with Christ. And so this morning I want to outline some very important points that we get from our text that we get our theme from. The, uh, the chapter 3 verse 1 is where the actual theme is and our theme verse for this year. It says this, if you, or if then, you were raised with Christ, seek those things above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. But the, verse go, the chapter goes on, it says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desire, covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming on the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. But now you yourselves are to put off all of these as well. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you've put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Those are those of us who are his. Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on, so put off those, put on these, tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, specifically talking about Christians, if you have another complaint against another Christian, even as Christ forgave you, so you also must do. But above all these, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. That's the glue, that's the, the agent of completion, of maturity, and also of our, he's specifically talking, he's talking to individuals, he's talking about to, to Christians, I mean to a church, the believers there in Coloss, uh, Colossae. And so he's saying, this is what's going to hold you together. This is, what's, this is what makes you mature. This is, this is what completes you both individually and as a church. 
And it's from that place that you can let the peace of God rule in your hearts to which you were called in one body. And be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Let's pray again. Father, thank you once again for this time. Lord, I pray that as your word is spoken and preached this morning, uh, that you would be exalted. Lord, that we would grab hold of this theme and it would be something that resonates not only in our, in our, in our building here, but most importantly in, in this church, in your people, in our minds, in our hearts, and and through our lives, God, that we would remember all through this year that we've been raised with you. Death has no victory over us. Sin has no victory over us. This world, our flesh, nothing has victory because you have overcome all of it, God. And we are in you and you are our life. And I pray that we would remember that, that we would remember every day that we've been raised with Christ and we are to live like that every single day. And I pray that as we go through this this morning that um, we would true ourselves to your word. We would calibrate our lives this morning. We would, we would really evaluate and again calibrate that whether, we're not, whether or not we are in line with your word and specifically this text this morning. Lord, help us uh, to do that. Lord, I also pray if there's somebody here that's not saved, if they're not in Christ, never surrender their life to you, Lord, this morning would be that day of salvation for them. Lord, I pray you just move now in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to jump in this. Hopefully you got the notes. There are some physical notes back on the table. Again, hopefully if you don't have those, you're on the sermon PDF. These uh, group, this is uh, very important things I think we see in this. But right off the bat, point number one is this, the condition. We see in this scripture, verse one, the condition. And the condition, of course, is if or if then or since then. This condition, of course, like any condition, uh, typically will point back to something before. Something previously stated, points made in chapter 2. And the condition, again, is if then you have been raised with Christ. Again, we know that this, this statement, raised with Christ, is understood as being resurrected, as in resurrected from the dead. Right? If you've been raised with Christ, that means that you were dead before. That begs the question by a lot of people, well, I, I'm living, I, I'm, I'm alive, I, I've never been dead before, I'm, I'm breathing, blood's circulating, I go to work, I eat, you know, I, I, I'm living, I'm not dead. How can I be raised if, if, if I'm not dead? But again, it's, it's the same struggle spiritually, I believe that Nicodemus was having when Jesus was trying to explain that you have to be born again to enter the kingdom of God in J, uh, John chapter 3. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you've come from God as a teacher. For no one can do the signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus said to him, Wait a second. How can a man be born when he's old? Can he, he cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Jesus answered, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I say to you, 
you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered and said to him, are you a teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and testify of what we've seen, and you do not accept our testimony. If I told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven but he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. As Moses lifted up the servant in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up so that whoever believes will in him have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life because God did not send his son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. He who believes in him is not judged, is not condemned. He who does not believe has already been judged because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. This is the judgment that light has come into the world and men love the darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifest as having been wrought in God. Again, Colossians chapter 3 pointing out what was a reality for those who were once outside of Christ, outside of that personal relationship with him. Colossians chapter 2 tells us this. How can you be raised with Christ? How, how, how is this? How can you be born again? How can you be raised if you're, if you're living? But again, Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 tells us, you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. It was a similar thing that the Holy Spirit inspired the Apostle Paul to write to the Ephesian church. He said, in you, chapter 2, verse 1, were dead in trespasses and sin. Having a physical life on this earth apart from Christ, apart from being alive in Christ, the Bible describes as actually being dead. Which is amazing, right? Because the world and so many people who are living outside of Christ in the world, they believe they're living life. They, they have this, 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 these blinders on. They're living in darkness. Um, the, the God of this world is blinding their hearts, their, their, their minds. And, and they believe that when they, they go to their job and they make their money and they spend their money and they live for this world and they, they, they invest everything and everything's so important to them in this world, they believe that's actually living, but they're actually dead men walking. They're dead in their trespasses and sins. Without hope and without life. Again, what Jesus said to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, verse 17, God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. He's already judged He's already judged. He's already under the weight of his sin. He's, they're dead men walking because he's not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So if you were once dead in sin, but you, maybe this morning, watching on, online, you have repented, you've turned away from sin, you've turned away from self, 
and surrender to Jesus as Lord and Savior, you've trusted him completely, you've been raised to walk in a life with him. If that's the case, then point two is so vital. If you have been raised with Christ, point two is the command. Seek and set. If you have been raised with Christ, then seek and set. Chapter 3, verses 1 through 4 says this. I'm going to get back to it, sorry. Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. For you died and your life is hidden with Christ and God. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. If you've been raised, then seek and set. Seek is something I believe that should come from a desire and not simply because it's a command. If you've been raised with Christ, yes, there's the charge. Yes, there's a command here to, to seek things above and to set your mind. The word mind here in scripture means your affection, your desires. So, so again, I said it's a calibrating verse. Make sure that if you've been raised with Christ, if your life has been taken from death and now you are alive in Christ, if that's you, then make sure every day that you get up and every day you live that you're setting your thoughts and you're setting your desires on eternal things, on heavenly things, on things that last, not, be, not being so focused on temporal things, on earthly things, on things that, that are going to go away. But set your mind and your affection on eternal things, on things above. But again, I, I think that command, just like everything, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my, my commands. I, I believe those, those, those things like this, seeking things above and set your mind on things above, I believe that comes from a desire. It doesn't because, well, I, I guess I need to start thinking about lost souls. <laughs> I mean, how, how bad does that sound, right? I guess I need to start thinking about sharing the gospel with somebody. I've been thinking about my money and thinking about how I'm going to pay for this and do this and how we're going to go on vacation, how we're going to do this, how we're going to do that. I mean, I got all these things to think about. I can't think about people who actually need Jesus. That sounds really bad when you say it like that, right? It's not a burden. It, it should be something those of us who are raised with Christ. And it, again, it's, it's, it's like this. Well, well man, I don't want to sing those songs about Jesus. Ugh. I'd rather sing songs about the honky-tonk, sing songs about the beer. I'd rather sing songs like that. I don't want to sing songs about Jesus. Why well, don't I want to set my mind and, and my desires on things above? Sounds pretty bad when you say it like that. If you've been raised with Christ, and say your mind, your thoughts, your, your, your affections, your life should be all about things above eternal things. Where Christ is, where our citizenship is. Where our eternal home is, where our God is, where our Lord is, where our life is. Everything is about our eternal place with him. But man, we as Christians, sometimes we forget we've been raised with Christ to walk and live a different life. And again, this first command right off of this should come from this desire. And seeking is the word that should explain the direction, the desire of the children of God for God. 
Seeking, man, I'm seeking his face. I'm seeking his will. I'm seeking him in his word. I'm, I'm seeking him in prayer. I'm seeking his will for my life. I, I'm seeking the Lord. That's the word that should explain. What are you doing in your life? Man, I'm seeking the Lord. And I'm seeking his, his will in, in my life. I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing him. That should be the word that should explain the direction and the desire of the children of God for our God. We know that we have a short time on this earth, but sometimes we don't live like that. We should be redeeming the time, the Bible says. We should be using it up for what's meaningful and lasting. And we can all be guilty of, of getting sidetracked with, with, with being focused on and desiring temporal things. And we should be so dedicated in, 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 in looking for the eternal. That's why our heart should be set on eternal things, right? Because we know how easily our affections and our desires and our attention can be put on temporal things. We should be set on eternal things. So the command, seek those things where things above where Christ is, is, is that calibrating command. If you've been raised with Christ, then you need to make sure that you are set on things above. You're seeking things above. Eternal things. Namely, and, and number one, Christ. Pursue Him. Pursue eternal matters. Let me ask you this. How much of your day is devoted to meditating on the Word of God? You say, man, I've got 8, 10, 12 hours Working at my job, I can't meditate. I've got to focus. There's, there's people's lives involved. There's, there's my job. and There's a lot of things that I can't do to meditate on God's Word. Man, I, I, I think that's, that's not true. I think that there can be a, 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 a dwelling. We read it. We'll get to it again. This dwelling of the Word of God in us richly in everything that we do. I think we need to ask the question, am I seeking and am I set on eternal things? Or man, is my life really, if just if I take a 10,000-foot view of my life and really look objectively and, and do an honest evaluation, am I set on eternal things? Is my heart, am I geared, am I focused, am I desiring, am I pursuing eternal things over everything else? Isaiah chapter 55, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. We know what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, but seek you first, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And everything temporal in the world that we can have the tendency to worry about and to fret about, all of our needs will be given to us. But we need to make sure that our life is set on and seeking the eternal. That's what he said. He said, don't, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow's got enough evil to take care of itself. Don't, you know, the, think about the, the, the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. I mean, they don't work for anything, yet God provides for them. He knows the very numbers of hairs on your head. He knows when a sparrow falls to the ground, God knows his own. Don't worry about the temporal things. Worry about setting your affection, your mind, your life on things above, things that matter. Jesus would tell them, where your heart is, there, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on this earth, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. 
Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me. With all your heart, of course, talking to the nation of Israel, but it is a, a, a general statement to the people of God as well. Can you say this morning, can we say this morning that we are seeking the Lord with all of our heart? Is he, does he have our heart? Is, is our heart held captive by our Lord? And are we pursuing him? If you're saved and alive in Christ, seek eternal things. If you're not, this morning you, you can honestly say, you can be honest with yourself and honest with the Lord and say, man, I'm not. Then I want to I encourage you, this morning, this theme cast, start now. Commit this year, this 2022, to seeking even more passionately the things of God. To seeking even more passionately eternal things. Things that last. So many distractions in this world. So many discouraging things that, that are all around us in this temporal world. That are trying hard to win our affection. That are trying hard to win our attention. Right? That's the reality. Man, it's everywhere. You turn on the news. You look on social media. You talk to people at work. You talk to people out. There are so many things in this world that are distracting and discouraging, even to the people of God. And man, our, our attention goes off to those things. And then the next thing you know, the, our attention, with our attention goes our affection. Oh, we start, we start having these, these, these feelings about these things in this temporal world. Our worry and our work our labor begins to be prisoner, held captive by the things of this world. That's why this scripture is so vital for us. If you've been raised with Christ, then be intentional to set your mind and your hearts on the eternal truths and eternal promises to guide us and to encourage us so that we can encourage other people and point other people to what matters. Next point comes as a result of obeying the command, I believe, and that's the charge. So you have the, you have the condition, if you have the command, set and seek, or seek and set, and then now the charge, put to death, put off, and put on. These, this is the charge that we see in the scripture. I'm not going to read them again, but verses 5 through 14 tell us this. We have this charge. This mandate to keep our flesh put to death. He says, keep your flesh. Therefore, put to death the members. In, in light of the fact you've been raised and, and now that your life is calibrated, that you're, you're, you're seeking things above and, and you're setting your, your affection on things above, now that you're doing that, make sure every day you realize there is a real battle going on in your flesh and you have a charge to keep those things dead. Make sure the characteristics and the elements that we all have to still live with. From that old man, from that old nature, aren't residing or, or more importantly, aren't manifesting themselves in our lives. Because you've been raised, since you've been raised, or if you've been raised, make sure you're seeking things above. Make sure you're pursuing eternal things. Make sure you're pursuing Christ and give effort every day to keep those fleshly desires, the power of the flesh, those things that, that we all struggle with, dead. Because what is the truth is, those desires, those elements, those things that manifest, they lost power, they lost control. 
They lost the, the, the right to have any say in our life when we yielded our life to Christ. The Spirit of God, He's the one that came in, took up residence, and took up control. He has the right. He, we've been bought with a price. He is the one on the throne. He is the one, is the director of our life. It's supposed to be. And so it's our blessing that we have the Spirit's help and that every single day we can yield to the Spirit. Every single day we can say no to our flesh. We can keep the flesh in check. Again, that's by the grace of God and that's only by the Spirit of God because there's not one person in here, I don't care how old you are, I don't care how long you've been a Christian, there's not one person in here who has the power in their own ability to say no to their flesh. Every single child of God, the only way that we can say no to the flesh, that we can say no to sin is because the Spirit of God. It's because the grace of God. But praise God, we have the Spirit and the grace of God. Paul was writing to the Romans. Again, the Spirit, God was writing to the Romans through the Apostle Paul. But um, in, in his letter, in chapter 6, he says, What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may increase? Because he had just said where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. But then he asked the rhetorical question, so, so what's, what should we do? If, if we're, where sin abounds, grace, God's grace is even greater than all of our sin what do we do? Do we just continue on a sin so that we can see more grace come out in our life, more of God's grace increase? And he says this, may it never be. How, how is it possible that, that we could even live like that? How could we say, well, look, I can just do whatever I want to do. That's why the, there's a fallacy and people say, oh, you Baptists think that once saved, always saved means that you can just say a little prayer, go off and live your life however you want to do, and then go on to heaven even, even still. And that's not the truth. That's not the truth at all. The, 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 the question is, how in the world can you still live for sin? How can you still live in sin if you die to it? If sin is dead to you and you are dead to sin, how can that, it's not even possible. Or do you know, he says, that all of us who have been baptized into Jesus, or Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. Therefore, because that's the reality in our life, if we're in Christ, we've been buried with him through baptism into death so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we've become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old self was crucified with him. The old man, the old nature, we're, we're sin. And where the flesh, the elements of the flesh were fornication and, and wickedness and all the things that he mentioned in Colossians chapter 3, where they had the say, where they had control. He said, but when we, now that we're in Christ, we know that our old self was crucified with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. Slay, a sin in our flesh would no longer be the master, would no longer sit on the throne of our heart, would no longer have say in our life. Because he who's died is free from sin. Now, if we have died with Christ, praise God, we believe that we shall also live with him. Knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, is never to die again. Death no longer is master over him. For death for the death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Even so, consider yourself to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, 
as the children of God who are dead to sin and alive in Christ, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, in your temporal bodies, so that you obey its lust and do not go on presenting your members, yielding your, your body parts to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but yield yourselves, present your body parts to God as those who are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And the reason why is sin shall not be master over you because you're not under law, you're under grace. So when we become Christ, the Holy Spirit, again, God himself takes up residence and gives us power to choose to keep the flesh dead, to stay dead to sin, to keep sin out of our life, to, to allow us to every day seek things above, every day yield our bodies and our lives, our minds, our affection, everything to the Spirit. There's no question it's a battle. Even in the next chapter in, in Romans, Paul the Apostle would say that. And there's things that I don't want to do, that I end up doing the things that I hate. I end up doing the things that I love. I end up not doing the things that I want to do. This battle, I realize, is real, yes, for every single one of us. But we who surrender to Jesus Christ have the Spirit of God in us. And the Spirit of God in us will direct us if we'll let him. Being dead to sin. It makes no sense to go back to letting our flesh or sin have control. And so we have this daily, most of the time, moment by moment choice to yield to the Spirit and not give in to our flesh. I don't know about you, but that's the reality, right? Sometimes it, we've talked about it before, like it can be on the road, you're driving. It can be in, in, in just sometimes moment by moment we have opportunities to yield to the Spirit or yield to our flesh. Allowing the Spirit to help us obey the Word of God and Please hear this. Instead of obeying our emotions, we talked about this last week. Obeying our emotions or obeying the system of the world. See, the, the, the world, the Bible talks about the world system, the system that Satan is the prince and the power of the era of it, the, the system that, that Satan is the God of at this point in time, the world system. He's in control of it. And we used to live, the Bible says, sometimes you, you, you used to walk in the, the, the flesh. You used to walk in that worldly system. You used to live according to the course of this world. You used to live as a lost person. But you now are alive in Christ. You are now raised with Christ. You are now, you've been born again. You are living a new life. You have a new purpose. You have a new aim. You have a new direction. All of your confidence is in a different place. Don't go back to flesh. Don't go back to the world. Don't go back to sin. Or put off the old nature in man, constantly keeping him dead. Put on the spirit given graces. Put off, but put on the spirit given graces daily, hour by hour. Again, sometimes it's moment by moment. We have to, we have to, to say, all right, spirit, I need your help I need to put on these things because my emotions, my flesh is weak. The world is pulling and vying for my attention and vying for my affection is vying for my worry and for my trust and all these things. The world is doing all these things. God, Holy Spirit, help me. I need to be kind and, and I need to be long-suffering and I need to have tender mercies and I need to forgive as you've forgiven I need your help, 
Holy Spirit. Again, sometimes moment by moment yielding to the Spirit. And this yielding to the Spirit is what brings home the last point. Point four, the conceding. It says, and, and once all of this has taken place in your life, and let the peace of God and let the word of Christ, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let the peace of God sit as the arbiter. Let it sit as the governor in your life. Lisa, I just, I'm worried about this. No, 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 not as the children of God. Be anxious for nothing, but with everything, let your request be made known to God. No, I'm, I'm scared, I'm worried. No, don't let fear have its place in your life. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. That's what the word says, not me. Let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Let it be the thing that's the governor in your life. How can you have peace? How can you have hope? How can you rejoice? You just lost a loved one. How can you rejoice? Because I have peace of God and I have hope in Christ. How, 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 how can you, the, the world's going crazy. How, you seem like you're just still and, and, and at peace. It's the peace of God I'm letting rule in my heart. But I can go after the world. I could be really, really crazy. I mean, there's a lot of things. Interest rate going up, prices going up, inflation, all this stuff, sickness and, and death, and all this stuff's going on. Guess what? It's all in the Bible. It's happening. It's going to come to pass. So, what helps the people of God when all these things come to pass, as the Bible says? The peace of God. But we have to concede to it, we have to let it rule in our hearts. We have to be the ones that. Yield to the Spirit and say, God, uh, there are so many things in this world that are out of my control. And I can't control the government. I can't control inflation. I can't, compl- I can't control what other people do. But I can yield to you. And I can yield to your Spirit. And I can, I can let your peace govern my life no matter what happens around me. No matter what happens in my world. I can let, and it doesn't mean I'm walking with my heads in the cloud and, 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 and ignorant of, uh, of what's going on, but man, I can live with peace. I can live with peace. And I think that conceding is so important. When we're raised with Christ, we can seek and set our lives and desires on Christ and his kingdom. We can live for a purpose that's beyond this world while we're in this world. That's so amazing, Right? So many people, I've talked to so many people that think that like you live, you get stuff, you, you have fun, you have sadness, victories and losses, you die, the end. That's miserable. That's a miserable life. Our hope in Christ takes us beyond this life. So we can live in this temporal world with so, many, so much darkness and death and so, many, so, so much discouragement and so, so many things. We can live in this world with a purpose beyond this world. That's amazing. And being raised gives us the ability to keep our flesh in check and allow the Spirit to guide us as we live as those ambassadors for a purpose beyond this world. And this purposeful, Spirit-filled life, Spirit-led life will no doubt bring peace. No doubt. So that, that's, I think that's one thing that we need to do is we're calibrating our lives to this truth. We need to make sure, am I, am I living at peace right now? Or am I living in turmoil? Because the Bible says... That peace is one of those glues. Peace is one of those things, those indicators that where we're supposed to be. Individuals and as a church. Love and peace. And it's with that that we can allow 
God's word to dwell in us richly. And with God's word dwelling dwelling in us richly, we can lift our voices in song and we can sing and admonish and encourage one another with songs and hymns and spiritual psalms, hymns and spiritual songs. That's from the place that we can do that. But if we don't have the peace of God, if we're not yielding to the spirit of God, if the flesh has control, if we're worried about the Lord, all these things are going on, we can't do what the Bible tells us to do. Can't really encourage you. So, well, yeah, we can go through the motions. We can play music and we can sing and there can be noise in this place, but we really can't allow the Spirit to do what only the Spirit can do if we're not where we're supposed to be. Peace of God is only available to those who have peace with God. Let me say that again. The peace of God is only available to those who have peace with God. And the only way to have peace with God is to have a relationship with Him through faith in Christ. And this peace, the Bible tells us, is a peace that passes all understanding. Again, it's a peace that we're called to live in. It's not only the peace that we're called to live in and allow to rule in our life, but it's a peace that we're called to make. Jesus said that in that same Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 9. Blessed, blessed, how happy are the peacemakers. They are the children of God. Peacemakers. It's a peace that's supposed to be, again, the glue in our church, the glue in the church. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 3, he says that we should be eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit. How? How, how, how are we going to give eager? The word eager there means to give all effort to. Give every effort, give all of your effort as members of the Lord's church to maintain the unity of the Spirit how? With what? With the glue of peace. That's how, that's how you're going to maintain the unity of the Spirit, is the peace that only comes from God. And the only way you can do that is by setting your mind on things above, is, is, is setting your affection on things above, se- seeking Christ, seeking things above, keeping, putting to death the, the old nature and sin. Make sure it doesn't have any control. Make sure the world has no influence. Make sure that we are, are putting on the, 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 the spiritual attributes and living in the spirit, allowing the peace of God to be the governor in our life, controller in our life, and allowing the word of God to dwell in us richly so that we can encourage each other and stay unified and experience a peace that passes all understanding that the world marvels at. This is how can you smile? How can you joy? How can you sing in a time like this? How, how, can, you, how can you live the way you're living? Why, what are you doing? I got the peace of God. Because I'm letting the word of Christ dwell in me richly. I'm standing on his promises. I love that song, old song, standing on the promises of Christ my King. This morning, if you haven't made peace with God, now is the time. The only way to have that again is to surrender your life to Christ, knowing that, as we read, he died on the cross. He did rise from the grave to give life to those who would believe. But this morning, I know there's a lot of Christians in here this morning. And you have. You say, yes, I know I have. I've surrendered my life to the Lord. I've made, I have peace with God because I've surrendered to him. Let's make sure that we're living in his peace. That his peace is what holds this church body together because we're doing what scripture says.
Because we're remembering that we've been raised with Christ. We've been raised to walk in the newness of life in Jesus Christ. This morning, again, as I said in the beginning, maybe you say, man, I'm, I'm just not. I've got so, I'm so focused on so many other things. I'm not focused on eternal things. I, that's me. You said a while ago. I mean, as far as like telling somebody about Jesus or how to be saved, it seems like it's a pain to think about doing that. It's not something I, 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 I look forward to or hope that I can do. It's, it's something that I, I just never hope happens because I, I don't want to tell anybody about Christ. What does that say about me? Well, what about, what about singing and worshiping the Lord and singing with, with joy in your hearts and I don't want to do that. You want to come in here. Man, missing so much. Let this theme, let this year, raise with Christ, keep us calibrated to who we are and how we're supposed to live. And see what God will do in your life, in your family, in this church. And see if he won't pour out amazing blessings that we can't even handle. And we got to make sure that we're calibrated to this theme, this truth that we've been raised with Christ. And that should, that should mean something and that should produce something. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for all that you do. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the, the amazing challenges that you've given me over the past weeks in praying and preparing for this. Lord, the, um, Lord I, I know that it's, it's such an easy thing for us to get caught up in this world. But we know your word tells us that we are not of this world that our citizenship is in heaven. You, you, you tell us that in your word, that we, we don't have any lasting city here. You tell us that, that we have no continuing city here, but we seek one to come. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. Lord, help us live like that. Help us remember that we've been raised with you, that, that we are to live like we are living with an eternal purpose and, and not some dead-end temporal purpose. God, move now as we respond to your word. I pray that you would just stir your people. In Jesus' name, amen. If you'll stand as he sings, I want to invite you to come.